Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. I'm going to do something I, I don't think I've ever done that. Um, I'm going to preach or teach specifically about one chapter in the Bible, and it's going to be in Romans, and it's Romans chapter 12. Anybody read the book of Romans? Raise your hand. Anybody that doesn't read the Bible, raise your hand. Anybody that read your Bible in the past week, raise your hand. Anybody that's lying, keep raising it. (laughs) Everyone's like, oh, he knows. That's because that was me. Not recently. (laughs) That would be really pathetic. All right. So I'm going to... I was going to do a little quick read-through, but it's an entire chapter, and I feel like I'd bore you in the first five minutes of uh, teaching. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go kind of, uh, not verse by verse, but going from one to two, three to four, whatever, whatever, I'm going to do that uh, like that. Hey, stop whispering. Thank you. I didn't mean to call you out, but I did. All right. Everyone's like, oh. He's serious now. All right, let me start. Pick up your phone. All right. Are y'all ready with the scriptures? It's a whole chapter, so just get ready. And this is kind of, I'm doing this really because I like Romans, but also I want to show you guys how you can dissect an entire chapter to where you can preach on it. But also that you can realize that there's a lot more than just reading through it. You can get a lot of things that can impact you, can impact someone else. So whenever you go and read through verse by verse, line by line, uh, and unpack it, is whenever you kind of uh, are able to get more out of it, you know? And that's what we need to do. Amen? All right, let's start with verse 1. So this is Paul writing to the Roman church. He says, Therefore... I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's not it. So it's just one one and two. Just leave that up there, Michaela. All right. You guys got it? Were y'all reading with me? Say amen. Makes me feel better. All right. So unpacking this scripture, I'm going to go, I'm going to give you kind of three points for each little section it has. Luckily, my Bible also kind of does everything in paragraphs, so I can split it up how I want to, but also it does it for me too. So number one in reading that scripture, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Stop right there. It says being uh, number one is kind of what I have for what you can learn from just the first part of this scripture. It says that being in a commitment with God is putting to death who and what we are. And so I'm going to unpack that as well, is that uh, you're offering your body as a living sacrifice, not like actually like killing yourself for God, but actually uh, it says in, in the Bible where it says, pick up your cross and follow me. 
And that's what essentially he's alluding to is that you need to die to yourself and your sinful nature to have a commitment to follow the God, to follow the God, but follow the Lord. Amen. And so it's not like God's just going to say, hey, you need to like serve me. You need to have a commitment to me. You need to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. No, we willingly do that. It's a commitment that we make that he doesn't force like force his way on us. He doesn't say, hey, you need to serve me now. What we do is because he died on the cross to serve us, we willingly let him in. We sacrifice and, and die to essentially our sinful nature and who we are before we were saved. Amen. So, so that's number one is being in a commitment with God is putting to death who and what we are. And number two is abstaining from sin is a daily process of renewing our mind. And it says in, I think that's the second verse, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what that means is, it's not just the first time you get saved, you're immediately going to think better, and you're going to like do good things. A lot of people, and I feel like we don't say this enough, it's, it's a daily process. And that's, and that's why also I asked, like, if you read your Bible in the past week, because it's a it's habit, it's habitual. You, you have to die to yourself daily, but then you also have to renew your mind as well. Because whenever you die, something has to replace that. And that's the Holy Spirit giving you new word. He's giving you kind of new behaviors and a new thought process. It's good? Mm-hmm. All right. And I, I have to read too, so I'm probably going to pause, but just keep reading while you do that. Okay. So number three is after our minds are renewed and we have offered ourselves up to God as a sacrifice willing to be used, that's whenever we learn his will and we're capable of doing it because we can't, uh, exercise God's will in our life if we're leading the wrong, if we're going down the wrong path and we're going down uh, our own sinful nature. We have to put de- put to death our own dreams, our own uh, wants and our desires, take up the cross, and then we have to renew our mind. And that's whenever God gives us our identity as well as uh, his perfect will. And that's whenever we're able to Keep going in life. So next session. Section. Three. Verse three. <clears throat> Let's read it. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. It's pretty wordy. I'll explain more. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. If it's serving or it's in accordance with your faith, if it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. 
If it is encouragement, give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So to unpack that into three parts, it's number one is to is that God gives grace, which is the empowerment that he gives us to lead our lives according to his will and the Holy Spirit. But it's also shown in here that it's, it's capable of us living without pride. And specifically, he says right here, for the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. In other words, he's like, you're not, you're not that cool. <laughs> he's like, hey guys, the Roman church, you're not that cool. You guys kind of stink. No, he doesn't say that. It's not self, uh, what is it called, defamation or depreciation. It's, uh, it's saying that the grace given to you was a gift. So you can't really be prideful about something that you didn't earn. Everything that was given to you was given by God through his blood that you can live a Christian life. And a lot of times you get kind of puffed up and, that, and that's where a conflict happens with a lot of people is that uh, kind of where the Pharisees happen is like they thought it was themselves that made them high and mighty, so they kept that same path. It's saying that through grace, we're able to live the path of humbleness. Amen? You know, God's grace is a gift, but it's also a reminder to keep us humble. Like if I'm given, I don't know, like as an example, if someone gives me a gift and like I, I can't, like I can brag about the gift, but I can't brag about myself because I was given that gift. You know, like it was it was done out of the purity of someone else's heart and given to me. And if I were to be like, oh, yeah, I'm so great. I was given this gift. It's probably going to be taken away, honestly, like especially if you're a kid. Like if you if you have like siblings or something like that. And like, let's say they get, you got like a, they got a nice toy. Specifically, this happened to me a lot because I'm the baby of the family. <laughs> and I did this exact thing where like I was given the gift and I would be like, hey guys, guess what? Mom likes me better. <laughs> like, <laughs> specifically, I always went to, uh, what was it Whataburger right, right by Moore Park? Or like McDonald's, one of the two. I made my mom, every time we played a soccer game, we would go to uh, McDonald's and we'd get a McFlurry. And I think that's why I'm like kind of overweight. Because we won a lot. <laughs> like we were like the, the champions. Like like every every age bracket is like what we won. And I think my mom regrets that now. <laughs> I'm like, hey mom, if we win this game, you'll take me to go get a McFlurry? She's like, no, I'm, like, and I'm and then we won. And I'm like, you promise? She, I, I said, no. I'm like, come on, mom. Do you love me? <laughs> I do that to Michaela now. <laughs> All day. <laughs> Marital problems. 
it feels weird being right here just because there's like a gap in the middle and I'm like looking at Michaela. Like, you're so cute. Brownie points. <laughs> All right. So uh, the second, <laughs> let's get back on topic. Uh, the second part is that we need to learn to value others and their importance in our lives. Huge deal. <laughs> but I, I feel like I didn't do that enough when I was growing up. And a lot of you have that capability and power to change lives if you just open your mouth and speak worth into people. Um, I, specifically, I can think of uh, a janitor that worked at... Uh, Acadiana, whenever he doesn't work there anymore, but I'm telling you, his name was Mr. Richard, and he was the nicest guy you could ever meet. He was a Christian, and you can kind of tell just by how he acted. But I'm telling you, you'd walk, and apparently this is this is for a lot of like uh, public schools, is that like the most loved people in there are the janitors, like because I mean they clean the mess, but they're servants. And they just love, you know. Well, Mr. Richard, I know of one occurrence that there was a there was a guy that was kind of lived a dysfunctional life, and he would like get in fights, and he would curse out the teachers, and he would kind of do what he thought was cool, and he was always in um, in school suspension, which is like. Basically, you go into another room all day because a lot of times people would act up so they didn't have to go to school. So they made in-school suspension, so you had to go to school and spend the entire time. And then uh, it was, <laughs> I never had it because I was a good kid. But specifically him, I'm just going to call him Cletus. <laughs> Cletus, his name was Clyde, okay. I was trying to think of something with CL. I'm like, I can only think of like an Alabama, like, mountain back redneck or <laughs> Cletus. Uh, let's, let's just call him Clyde. But Clyde, uh, man, it, he would like get in fights and stuff. You could tell he was kind of like a good kid. And almost on the daily, he was like talking back to teachers and stuff. Well, one day he was in ISS and Mr. Richard. I think they were doing like cutting the grass or something like that or weed eating. And he came in and he, and he went into ISS and uh, he was like, hey, you. And he had such a like he had such a high voice, but he was a big black guy. And like he, he just seemed like he didn't want to mess with him. But it, like as soon as he talked, you're like, I'm not a, I'm not scared of you. <laughs> but <laughs> he was like, hey, you come here. And then and, and the kid like Clyde was like, what? Was like, what you want? And he's like, what are you doing in here? And he's like, what? Like, kind of startled. He's like, no, what are you doing in here? And he didn't understand. And that guy has never talked to Mr. Richard a day in his life. And he's like, no, what are you, what are you doing in ISS? And he didn't, he's like, because I, <laughs> I think he punched somebody in the nose during PE. <laughs> he's like, I punched somebody in the nose. He's like, no. And he told him, he's like, you're in here. I can't say all of it. He's like, you're in here because you're not who you're supposed to be. And then he was like, okay. He's like, no, he's like, let me say it again. And then, I mean, he's a janitor, but like, 
the guy couldn't walk away, so he, he could say whatever he wanted. And he's like, you're in here because you're meant for more. And he's like, he's like, and you're not who you're supposed to be. And the guy was like, like, okay. Like, you know, like the tough guy approach, like he's like something actually hit his heart and he's like, man, whatever. Like, okay. And he's like, okay, you're going to help me in the, in the uh, yard, in the, they, they had a practice field. So they cut all the yard because we kind of use people that act up as slaves <laughs> in public school. <laughs> and so he helped him uh, kind of the entire day. And after that day, like, he didn't kind of go in ISS. I mean, he still did, but not as much. And he was kind of like picking up his act. And uh, he, he kind of was the, towards the like senior year, he was kind of like the good kid. Like he like picked up his act. And I don't know what was going on behind the scenes. I wasn't really like good friends with him. But I promise you that Mr. Richard saying that, like just confronting him and showing him who he really is, impacted him for the rest of his life. And like we need to be those kind of people that isn't afraid of confrontation whenever it's speaking into the identity of other people. Like if you have a friend that's going through a hard time or acting up or not doing what they're supposed to be doing, don't be like, don't be a jerk, but be like, hey, you're meant for more. Amen. All right. So third part of it. Uh, is the scripture still up? Sweet. We need to use our gifts for others and encourage those with gifts to use them. So, how many of you know what your spiritual gifts are? Anybody take a spiritual gifts test? Okay. If you haven't, I'd encourage you to do it. Not because it's like a tell-all of what you are meant to do in your in in this world, but it gives you a good uh, idea of what kind of your gifting is and and what you excel at and what sometimes your passion lies towards. Uh, like I have a gift for uh, leadership and. I have a gift for, specifically it was leadership, and then it was discernment, and then uh, prophecy. And I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter what my gifting is if I don't use it on others. I, I, can, I can tell you all day and night if I have, a, I have the gift of discernment and I use it for my own benefit but don't use it for someone else, which is what it was meant for, if you read the scripture right here, that we are many parts of the same body and that our gifting is not our own. It's supposed to be used to benefit and help others. Amen? So not only I, I, I encourage you to use your gifting to help other people, and, and find if you don't know what your gifting is, it's pretty great that I'm, I'm talking about it, Find out. Ask God. You know, we like to use tests and stuff like that. But create a dialogue with God and say, like, God, I kind of don't know what my gifting is. Can you kind of show me? And, I mean, even talk to a leader or something like that, and we can have that dialogue with you. And, like, what, 
And then we can even give you the spiritual gifts test, too, if we're lazy. <laughs> but uh, encourage other people to use their gifts as well. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the leader here in Fusion, and we have leaders in the back. But all of you are really leaders. You're leaders in your social groups, your, your family, your friends. And I can say all day and night that you guys are awesome that you're cool, you're funny, you're smart, you have great giftings and leadership, you sing really well. But if you don't do that for others and people aren't doing that for you, it's like we're all like pretty like gory, but we're all body parts, but just not put together. Like we're not accomplishing the mission of what God has designed us to do. Uh, great stuff. All right. So let's be leaders, guys. All right, section. Come on. <laughs> guys, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it over. It's record. Is it recording? Okay. I can't say it. <laughs> All right. So verse nine, you guys with me? All right. Repeat everything I said. Your leaders. I heard the last thing he said. <laughs> All right. So love must be sincere. Verse 9. Michaela, get on it. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor, honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Amen? All right, I'm closing up. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, guys. You guys having a good time? I feel like I'm hitting my stride now more than I was before because my throat was hurting. It still is. <laughs> And I'm just hitting puberty. That's why I'm breaking my voice. It's the worst when I'm, I'm trying to say something serious and my voice cracks. Yeah. And in my mind, and I'm 20, I'm 21. So I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I might as well just jump out the window right now. <laughs> like, I, I could say like the most powerful like nugget and my voice cracks right on the end. I just throw <laughs> them throw the mic all right so love, love must be sincere number one what we need to learn from 9 through 13 is that we have to be genuine and be real i know i said that earlier like we have to be leaders and call call things out of people that that are around us in our friend group but being genuine and, and sincere is rare in our culture today and I'll tell you what, I find it so interesting that he has to say, uh, like, love must be sincere. Because you would think that love would be sincere in the first place. But how many of you know kind of that, that friend? I don't know if it's a friend, but whenever they're, like, really nice to you and, like, like, really sweet and nice, 
but they're like, they have a hidden agenda. How many of you know that? How many of you are that person? Amen! <laughs> if you are that person, don't be that person. Uh, come on. Everyone's like, I know you hurt me. <laughs> All right. Guys, love must be sincere. This means that no matter what gain I get or what comes, what takes away from a relationship, that I must be sincere in every relationship. I must be real and I must be genuine. It doesn't mean fake it. It doesn't mean if you don't like what someone's saying, that you have to take it. But you have to speak everything in love and you have to be real about it. Don't be, don't be weird. Like, you know, those people that are always smiling. If that's your personality, that's great. Some of you have a good personality where you're smiling all the time. My face usually is... <laughs> even, even when I get home from, like, work, and I'm super excited to see Michaela, and I'm just like... And she's like... <gasps> She, this happened yesterday. That's why I said that. <laughs> I know I hurt her feelings. And I'm like, ah, whatever. <laughs> Guys, the culture today is so fake. Social media, I know all of you love it. You know, I'm constantly on it too, mainly for memes. But, I'm dank memes. But, I'm all about some funny stuff. But, in terms of like the social aspect, it's so fake. Like, and 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 what people comment on other people, you know, their their caption, their and they comment on their pictures and stuff. They can, you could comment, "Oh, you look so great!" Like, "You're awesome!" Like, "I'm so proud of you!" And then like, right after you press send, you could like cuss them out in your mind. Like, it's so fake. Like. Especially whenever I see something, like someone had a tragedy or something like that. I see all the grandmas in the world say, praying for you. I'm like, I don't believe that you are. Like, <laughs> I, I believe some of them are, okay? I, I, I give them credit, but I don't believe all of them are. And that's where it becomes fake because you don't, you don't understand the relationship between the t- those two other people. And a lot of times it's just words. So let's be sincere and genuine whenever we're, we're telling other people that we love them. Amen? Whoa! Okay, be on fire and be passionate, specifically about life. I'm talking, like, he says spiritual fervor, and then as well as never be lacking in zeal. As young people, actually, like, culture today, it's like, Everyone's very apathetic. And I believe that God is going to be doing a work specifically in the youth that he's going to jumpstart our zeal and our passion. Amen? And like for you today, if you don't feel like you have passion and you have fervor, take this right now. You know, I, I suggest you read Romans 12 just because I'm preaching on it. But read it through. Because this is a process of the Christian life. And I'm going to get to it at the end. But whenever you die to yourself, renew your mind, humble yourself before God, 
and others. Uplift them, encourage them, and love them with a sincere heart. It's going to do wonders for your heart, and it's going to give you passion for God, for life, and others. Amen. I think, well, I don't think I know, that whenever you have that specific fire, that passion for life, where you're just ready to kind of let it out. And I, and I notice this a lot. We're, everyone's so willing to share their life, their vacation, but not a lot of people are willing to share their testimony and what God has done in their life. Which brings me to point three, is that you got to be willing and ready to share that with others. It says, in the second last sentence, it says, share with the Lord's people who are in need. And I understand that in the context it says physically, like, and then it says practice hospitality, which I love to do. You can ask my friends. I made some ribs the other day. <laughs> Come on. It took me about seven hours to make them. I felt like my dad. <laughs> like, it, like bragging about how long it took to cook. Like, yeah, I did that. <laughs> like, anybody else that had, like, brags about cooking or barbecuing or anything like that? Raise your hand. None of you have dads. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. You got to be willing to share what you have in your heart and the fire and the passion to other people. Amen. Amen. That's good. I, I want you guys to have the, the passion and the zeal to where someone comes up and asks you, I want what you have. I'd rather someone come up and say, I want what you have. I want that passion. I want that, that kind of zeal for, for life and God and, and other people more than you looking at someone else and saying, I wish what they had. Amen. It's, it's pretty, we live in a world of comparison. And whenever we're alone and watching like on social media and seeing everybody have a good time, it's a lot harder to live in zeal and passion if it looks like other people are having a better time than we are. But that's why we have to focus on God and serving others and not what they're doing. Amen. So, verses 14. Bless those who persecute you. <sighs> Blessed do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Guys, this is the hardest <laughs> out of all the ones that I'm preaching. This one's the hardest one for me. Because I do everything out of spite. You can ask Michaela. Like if it, it's if, it, if it's gonna make someone mad, I'm more likely to do that one than to make them feel all warm and kind inside. I don't know, but I I like to stir the pot a lot. So this one is super hard for me. But so number one is. You got to do the opposite of what you want to do. Specifically, when it says, bless those who persecute you, 
The people that persecute you are usually your friends and the people that betray you. How many of you want to bless those that just betrayed you? Raise your hand. Oh, thank God. (laughs) No one raised their hand. I'm like, please be up here preaching. (laughs) Guys, I'm more likely being completely vulnerable with you. If someone betrayed me and like, I don't know, I'd be I'd be praying, God, smite them. <laughs> I want them to, like, it says bless. So you're supposed to bless and like pray for financial favor for them. And while I'm like, I hope they go in debt. Like, <laughs> like I'm praying for the exact opposite of what God's telling us right here through Paul, saying that we have to bless those that persecute us And don't curse. Do not curse them, but bless them. So both of those are hard to do. Amen? Amen. (laughs) Gotcha. And how you do that is how you do the opposite of what your flesh wants to do is kind of what I already said before. It's a process in your Christian life. You have to put to death who you are, and what you are, have a renewed mind, and that's how you become a Christian as well, but also how you live a Christian lifestyle to where you're imparted with the Holy Spirit, you have a humble lifestyle, to whenever someone does you wrong, you're already in the path of what Paul says, is that whenever someone persecutes you, you're more liable to bless them, because your love is sincere, because of what Jesus did for you. Amen. Also, number two is don't start drama or spill the tea. I'm going to get to it. Luke's like, what? Spill the tea. All right. It says live in harmony with one another. And I mean, I don't know too much about kind of music and stuff like that, but in terms of harmonizing, it's you have, let's say, a lower voice and a higher voice sing the same note, and it makes a harmony, right? All right, get up. Let me get that. All right, so in terms of, like, each of us living our lives, like, don't start drama with the person that's on a different path than you, okay? Amen? Blake's like, get it. And don't, you know, you get this a lot with like older church ladies and stuff like that. Like everyone has this kind of like gossip about everybody else. But also you get this in in youth ministry too. Guys, everyone's on their different path. Some people have a longer testimony and some people have a shorter testimony. Everybody has one. But a lot of times, whenever you have a shorter one, in terms of you didn't do all those wrong things and and the things on the exterior, you're more likely to judge and gossip and make fun of or even just outcast the person that's still on their path. So encouragement, but also like conviction, is that whenever you see somebody that's on their long road, Try to help them. Try to get on their road and say, hey, I'm going to help you out with this. 
instead of like laughing at how hard it is and they're struggling with life. And you use that to kind of make yourself feel better. Amen. And lastly for this one is you have to be peacemakers. That's also hard for me because I grew up always fighting my brothers and my and my sister. And I would instigate a lot and I would make them fight me. And then I would get them in trouble. And I didn't make peace with it. And then we would do it again and again and again. We still have a great relationship, surprisingly. But uh, I wasn't that much of a peacemaker. Uh, and I wanted, like, each of you, she dropped her phone, finally. To make peace, you know, with your enemies. Like, if you have... If you're going through a dilemma with somebody or one of your friends or kind of your friend group separated, another person just because of what he said, she said kind of thing, I invite you to be the first person that makes peace with them. Okay? (laughs) Sounds good. It's kind of hard because everyone's like, but he should go first or she should go first. No, you should because it says right here, if it is possible... As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So that means that you have to give 100% to make sure every relationship is rectified. Amen? All right, next section. And that's the last one we got. I believe. So somebody's like, finally. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. First one to think about it is, and take you with the process again, is that you need to forgive. And it could be really hard and and it could be really of a struggle to forgive those that betrayed you, to hurt you, that said some some really wrong things behind your back. But whenever you forgive and you give that to God, He does what He needs to. And it says that it is mine to avenge. But don't forgive so God can smite them. Because that's the wrong attitude. Like I was I was reading it and I was like, okay, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. Okay, so God can smite them. <laughs> that sounds better than what I can do for revenge. You know, forgive with the intention of, I'm going to bless them. Because later on it says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. You know, in my in my mind, that's not renewed. It would I would say it's it says if he's thirsty, give him a drink. I'd be like, man, if you were on fire and I had the last cup of water, I would drink it. <laughs> like, <laughs> but whenever you die to yourself, your mind is renewed. You have a sincere love and appreciation for God and others and yourself. 
through humble eyes, you're more likely to bless those that persecute you. Amen? But he says he said that, I think it was in verse 12. He takes it a step further. Not only he does he wants you to bless those that persecute you, but he also wants you to bless them. He wants you to take action and to feed them, clothe them, and serve them. Because that's what Jesus did for us. Amen? And his last words, Paul wrote, for the last sentence was, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So instead of being kind of like on the defensive, where it feels like on Christianity we get kind of the, a lot of the circumstances, but we don't get any of the, kind of the offensive. We feel like we're just taking hits. He said, in order for you to overcome evil, you do to what is good. And that's everything he just listed in the whole chapter, was that you serve others, serve humbly, serve with love that's sincere, and then you're more likely to overcome what is evil and produce good. Amen? Please stand with me, everyone. <clears throat> so this whole chapter that I've been, I've been saying over and over again, you can turn off the lights and keep the uh, Christmas lights up, even though it's in July. The whole chapter flows into a process, thank you, of a Christian and how we should live our life. Everybody got me? One is that we need to commit ourselves to the Lord and die to ourselves daily. Number two is through the death of ourselves, we perceive who we are and our identity through humble eyes that he gives us. Number three is through humble eyes, we can love others. Because whenever we put ourselves on the same playing field as others, we love with God's love. Number four is through the love and service to others, we overcome evil. And that's how we change our youth group. That's how we change our church. That's how we change Lafayette. That's how we change the state. Everyone talks about we can change the world. It's through the process of dying to ourselves, serving God, and serving others with love. Is everybody's eyes closed for me? I'm just going to pray. It was, this was mainly for teaching aspect. You can come up for prayer after after I pray for an altar call. But I really want you to sink this in to your heart is are you doing what the chapter outlines for our lives to be? Keep your eyes closed. Are you doing exactly what it says to be doing? Are you, are you kind of like you know what, I'm, I'm blessing those people that like me, but I'm not blessing those that kind of betrayed me, that, that done me wrong. I'd encourage you to read over the book in kind of your quiet time, just to, for you to get the grasp of whenever you read the Word of God, you can unpack it and apply it to your life. So I'm going to pray right now, and then you're, you're dismissed, you're free to go.
If you need prayer, you can come up. But I'm just getting started. God, I come before you. God, I thank you that I was able to deliver the word. That it was it's funny at times and it's kind of strange for some people. God, that I did it in my own way through the identity that you've given me. God, I pray that we go through the process daily of dying to ourselves and renewing our mind, being fully committed to serving you humbly, but also serving others. God, with a sincere and genuine love. God, that we serve those people that persecute us, those people that have done us wrong. And we're fully committed to doing your work and overcoming the evil in this world. God, I thank you that each student got maybe just a little bit of a nugget. And that's all I pray for every day is that they would get maybe maybe just a little something from each message. They could forget the entire message tomorrow. But God, I pray that they, that they grasp something that's of worth and of knowledge. So God, as they leave, I pray that they get their quiet time whenever they go to bed. They say, God, you know what? I haven't been doing it right. I'm going to start tonight. When I wake up in the morning, I'm going to keep doing it because it's a process and it's a habitual thing. So God, I thank you for every student in here. I pray blessings over them. I thank you for those that aren't in here. We pray blessings over them. God, we pray all of this in your name. Amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on Facebook or Instagram.